0: Hi, Andrew. How are you?
1: Doing well. How are you doing?
0: Hey, I'm good. I'm on the line with Andrew Thrasher, who is a portfolio manager for Financial Enhancement Group, an asset management firm located here in central Indiana, and he's the founder of Thrasher Analytics as well. I asked Andrew on today to talk about a recent blog post of his entitled, Student Loans Are Not a National Crisis. Student loans have become a hot-button issue, especially on the presidential campaign trail of late. Uh, I think everyone recognizes that student loans are a big issue coming in at some $1.5 trillion, but uh, how to deal with them is another question altogether. Andrew, the topic of student loans isn't something you typically write about. What prompted you to take on the issue?
1: It's it's definitely a, a breakaway from my normal, more, more market-related topics that, that I focus on in my, on my blog. Um, like you said, it's something that's kind of come into the, the main uh, view of of, of media with, with it being part of the presidential election and it's something I started kind of researching and just had an interest in and in seeing how much um, debt really is. is it really that big of an issue and kind of what were some of the, the solutions for it um, I work for a financial planning firm and so it's definitely a topic we we have with clients who are trying to do some college planning um, and so something that kind of had the data and sat on it because I thought it'd be more controversial and it really wasn't the response from the, from the post has been very positive um, which is which is great to see um, student loan debt is definitely, it's an issue, and so I think it's something that, that a lot of people come in contact with, um, as most people that go to college. it's College, college funding is, is expensive. Um, about two-thirds of the country goes to college or has a college degree. Um, however, only 15%, and what I talk about in, in my article, but only 15% really have college debt. Um, the, the number itself, as you said earlier, the, the over one point, about 1.5 trillion dollars, sounds like a really big number, uh, but households on average have, have almost $14 trillion in debt. And so we kind of look at it in, in perspective. Um, the delinquency rate of that debt's been going down, so that, that's a good thing to see, meaning that that the number of people that are um, not paying their debt that are gone delinquent has, has been on the decline. Um, and so it's a very sticky topic, something that you and I kind of started off before we started recording about, there's a lot of different facets to student loan debt. If, if they were to forgive it, is it going to be retroactive if you've already paid off your debt? Will that be forgiven some way, or or how do you how do you really handle it? Um, and so I think the the main focus, the main takeaway that I have with student loan debt is it really is a I think it's more of a planning um, topic to really educate the uh, not only the the students but the parents on on what that debt means because it's different than than maybe credit card debt. It's it doesn't have the same bankruptcy um, provisions that maybe a credit card debt uh, would or a car loan would. Um, so I think we really need to have the kind of the conversation, educate the, the students when they're signing on these big loans, um, what, what that means. Um, and kind of the, all the implications of, of maybe funding a 529 with parents and having that conversation early on. So they can, um, if their finances allow, start start planning for some college savings.
0: Yeah, no, there is certainly a lot of different moving parts, especially when it comes to financial planning, like you said, uh, talking about, you know, trying to trying to get saving for it as soon as possible. And then, you know, when that day comes to the degree to which, you know, the amount of debt that you're willing to take on and, you know, the uh, how it is that you're willing to pay for them. You know, a lot of this is really sort of a generational issue. I mean, I think as the cost of college has increased um i don't want to say exponentially but certainly at a rate much higher than uh the cpi you know i think you've seen mm-hmm. um you know gener you know the most recent generations are facing this issue in a more uh, in a more sort of acute way and i think you know that's part of the issue as well it's almost a question of sort of intergenerational equity and i think that's uh, another aspect of it that i think is um, you know, part of what people are talking about?
1: It, it very much is. And there's uh, the part of the conversation, I think, that often gets left out is the debt a trade off. Um, unlike when you buy a car and you're kind of you're taking on um, potential debt for a depreciating asset, the debt you're taking on for student loans is, is really for an appreciating asset in the sense that um, traditionally a college education leads to, to higher incomes. Um, Bloomberg actually just this week had out an article looking, focusing more on MBAs um, those getting post-grad, post postgraduate uh, degrees, and the average MBA debt was 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 in the six figures. However, the average salary for an MBA, I believe the article cited, was was about $130,000. Um, and so, when you're taking on that debt, you're also uh, there's an expectation that you'll have a higher income to be able to pay for it. Um, and the survey that they were citing showed that a lot of the MBA students kind of knew what they were getting into, um, and were, were understanding to take on that debt. It was kind of a way to climb that corporate ladder. Um, and we're we're happy with the uh, you know, the kind of the nation um, that it that brought with it. Um, so I think it's just it's really what's unfortunate is the students that take on the debt and don't understand what they're doing and the implications they're putting themselves in, um, and maybe kind of what options there are. That's another topic I cover in my, my papers. That there's a lot of scholarships and a lot of a lot of grants that are available to them that just aren't being taken advantage of. Um, simply filling out a FAFSA or or just looking online for different op- opportunities that you may be able to get some quote unquote, free money um, with just maybe a little bit of work uh, to make to make that debt load maybe not be as burdensome as it as it could be.
0: Yeah, from a planning perspective, I think there's you know part some of this is also uh, part you know like you said is almost being kind of a smart shopper. You know you talk about uh, you talk about grants and um, you know scholarships and other things like that. And there's another aspect to it where I, I know of a lot of kids who are. Um, You know, instead of, uh, you know, are either going taking, you know, some of their intro classes at community colleges or at other local colleges that aren't as expensive as, you know, your you know, some of your state schools or some of your private institutions and trying to drive down the the overall cost of a degree while still getting, you know, uh, the benefits of of that diploma. And I think, like you said, there are a lot of different you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of moving parts involved.
1: Yeah, like the 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 average community college is thirty six hundred dollars compared to out of state tuition, which averages twenty six thousand dollars. So, like you said, if you're just a, if you're a smart shopper, get maybe um, use the different options available to you, get some of your maybe core curriculum knocked out at a community college, and then transfer to in state tuition, which can be in the uh, the five thousand to sixteen thousand dollar range. Um, not everyone has to go out of state. Um, if it is something that, that maybe you're, you have an in-state option, that, that's great. Like here, you and I both are in Indiana. We have a lot of great universities um, here that, that Purdue, uh, I, I, by I a Purdue, that's where I went, but they've, they've frozen their tuition for, I believe eight years now. Um, and so there, there's a lot of, if you really put in the work, you find the scholarships, the grants, you look at in-state opportunities, you can really help whittle down the, the potential debt a student will be taking on But it's something they have to to go do before they go to college. After the fact, there's not a lot of levers left for them to be able to pull um, outside, just chipping away at whatever debt they did accumulate. Yeah, I think one of the most
0: compelling things that arguments that I've read, uh, you know, kind of leading up to our talk is that, you know, it's great to I think it's, you know, it's an important discussion for us to have about student loans. um, But all of this talk doesn't really affect um, the high cost of college going forward. I mean, I think right. there's 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 kind of two sides of the coin. And I think that's a part of the discussion that, that's really missing in all of this.
1: I, I, I fully agree. Um, there's, when I, when I, over the weekend, I got a lot of different feedback on, uh, on Twitter and people kind of giving their suggestions. And some, some of them were really good and just kind of looking at maybe we need more kind of oversight of, of the of the endowments and what some of the universities are doing um, and maybe a little bit more, uh, more oversight on that side to really control the costs um, and maybe increase the um, financial, uh, financial responsibility of the universities and really kind of attack the problem because it's a problem. It's not a crisis for, from all sides. Educate the public, um, work on the pricing, and uh, for future durations, this, we can make it so college education can be obtainable by all for, for those that, that want to go down that path.
0: Yeah, you know, I think we've talked about a lot of different aspects of the issue here. And I guess maybe to wrap up, I guess from a planning perspective um, for somebody who is, you know, looking out a couple, you know, a few years ahead to uh, when they go to college is does any of this debate or discussion really change how anybody should approach Um, the decision about taking out student loans, should it make them uh, more wary of taking out loans or should it make them more comfortable taking them out given uh, the potential for some sort of action down the road?
1: Yeah, I think information is power. So really understand what is it you're trying to accomplish with a college degree, understand the trade-offs of the debt you're taking on to to accomplish that goal, and then see what opportunities are available to you, what options are available to you to to make that debt burden uh, a little bit a little bit less large front from grants and scholarships and, and different uh, options available. Um, and then definitely for, for parents to be able to plan ahead with, with 529s and some of the tax advantages that those can provide um, and other college saving options and accounts. Um, there's there's different things that, that can be done to, to limit the debt taken on. And I think that's the main take home point is it's not just a, a forced everyone needs to take on $50,000 worth of debt to to get a college degree. Um, there's some other other options available to you.
0: Uh, Andrew, this is a great discussion. I appreciate you jumping on the line and uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
1: All right. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks.